strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. I'm going to go out on a limb here, um, and it's not much of a limb, but I'm just going to go based on experience, and if I'm wrong, I will apologize and correct myself. Um, There is a Phoenix police officer that has been uh, injured in the line of duty. Again, a shooting happened this today, Southern and 7th Avenue in that neighborhood, Um, and uh, we don't have any details about the condition of the officer, so we're still praying for that officer. Don't know if it's a male or a female officer. Don't really know any details about this, really. Um... But I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that chances are, if they have the suspect, uh, if they know who the suspect is, that it's not going to be a first-time criminal, that this is not going to be somebody that's never been in trouble before. Part of the problem and the balance, and I think there is a balance because it's not everybody you lock them up and throw away the key. I am also not someone that believes that there is an all or nothing in every situation. There's got to be a balance. How do we balance in our society – Keeping people safe from obvious criminals that don't get it and punishing people but giving them an opportunity to rebuild their lives. There have been a lot of success stories in life. There have been a lot of people that have done the wrong thing and they have learned from doing the wrong thing and have become contributing members of society and gone on to accomplish great things and help our society be a better place. But there have also been a lot of people that go into our prison system and they go into a revolving door mentality. Now, calling those people victims makes me angry. If you want to change or stop anything, you can, but it is on you. It's not on the rest of us. If you've done something wrong, there's a price to pay. Once you pay that price, there is a rebuilding process. And for every criminal that's committed, especially a violent crime, there are scars that don't heal sometimes or heal properly in the people you've victimized. That's what makes me angrier than anything else is that the perpetrator becomes the victim. Look at the life this person had. Look at the parents they didn't have. They didn't have mentors. They didn't have this. They didn't have much of a chance coming up. And I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing. It is a horrible thing. But what about the person you victimized? When do we tell the stories? When do we say to that person that did this, all those bad things happened to you in your life, but do you realize what you've done to this other human being? Do you realize that you have sometimes irreparably altered or taken their life? We don't. We go with the narrative about the horrible life and the lack of chances the perpetrator had. Sometimes you're right in preventing things from happening. We should look at those. I love being a part of solutions. I will, and I promise you, I would love to find a way to invest in the lives of young people again. I loved coaching. If that opportunity presented itself again, I would do it in a heartbeat and invest in it. I would love to be a big brother. I would love to be, you know, I'm, I'm probably too busy and too old to be a foster parent right now, but I would love to help the foster programs with people that are not coming from homes where they're loved or where they're safe. I would love to be a part of that solution. But people also have to understand that you are not trapped by your circumstances. It changes how you get out of them sometimes, but you're not trapped by your circumstances. And until we start focusing on victims, we're never going to find solutions.
Um, Detroit murder suspect out on bond. This guy was accused of killing someone or killing three people, was out on bond, and now is accused of killing a woman and uh, stole her vehicle before setting on fire weeks before he was charged with other murders. So he was accused of stealing a woman's car, killing her, and then setting the car on fire. They let him out on bond, and he killed three people. It accused of being of killing three people. So now he's accused of his fourth murder while he was out on bond for a murder. It's, it's infuriating. It's frustrating. And again, we're going to hear about this person's past. I don't know anything. I don't know the name of. I don't know anything about this Phoenix police officer that was injured in the line of duty today. Don't know the condition health-wise. I'm scrambling trying to find out from people just the condition. I'm not looking for news and inside scoop. I just want to know if they're all right. I want to find out if I know this officer, and I want to find out the condition. Even if I don't have any idea who this officer is, I want to know that they're okay or that they're going to make it. But even if they survive – And I had the pleasure of seeing an officer who has been severely injured recently, when I say recently, within the last couple of years. And um, uh, she seemed to be physically in in decent condition, but is still dealing with serious physical issues. Um, Just a quick update, uh, Mike. Our TV partners at ABC 15 are reporting both from the scene and from Banner Hospital that the officer who was shot is expected to survive. Again, that report coming from ABC 15. We have our Taylor Tassler, who is setting up at the uh, command center for the media at the site of the shooting. And we'll have a live report from her coming up. But again, we attribute this to our TV partners at ABC 15, that the officer who was shot is expected to survive. That is is fantastic news. We don't have any details on the shooting other than the survival so far of the office. No details, but as I said, our Taylor Tassler is uh, getting info as we speak. So we'll be getting suspect information if there is any and all that stuff to to come. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate the update. That is a load off my mind. I've been sitting here during commercials texting with people. That is great news that it looks like this officer is going to survive. Now, how severe the damage is and how severe the injuries are, we don't know the answer to that question yet. But as you heard Jeff just update, that's what ABC is uh, 15 is um, now saying we have our reporter Taylor Tassler is going to be down there. Don't know anything about the suspect. Did they catch him? Is the suspect alive or dead? Is the suspect caught or on the loose? Don't have any clue. Um, but again, when you see these situations, the focus should be, and I, I don't blame an officer or anybody, forget an officer. I don't blame any individual that has been um, severely injured um, in a violent crime. I don't, I don't blame them for wanting to stay silent and private. But I wish the public could have an update on how months and years later they're still dealing with those injuries. What's going on? How long-term those injuries affect their lives. Mentally, yes, as well, but also physically. And you hear then the trials go on and the perpetrator becomes the victim and everything they've ever done in their life. And and I'm t- it's frustrating. It, it is. It just makes me angry, and I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say how angry how angry it makes me. Um, and of course, yes, it is. I'm from a law enforcement family, so when I see law enforcement endure something like this, and and here's the other thing I will say about what's happening right now. Um, not one time since this happened late this morning or mid morning, late morning. Not one time since this happened did that was there a 911 call for service that wasn't answered across this valley. Not one. Not one. They still do their jobs. 
heavy hearts, concerned until you hear information that an officer is going to make it. And even then, you want to know the seriousness of the injuries um, and all of this stuff. While they're carrying that heavy heart, you are now made more aware of your own mortality and the possibility that this could happen to you someday. But every 911 call that went out there continues to be responded to. There continues to be officers and deputies and troopers across Arizona answering these calls for service. It is frustrating that we have such attitudes toward law enforcement. Uh, Coming up in a moment, we do the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? We'll do it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. It's been a busy news day for a Friday. Let's get you caught up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, Senator Kirsten Sinema joined the show and explained how both Mexico and the United States want to combat the fentanyl crisis. President Lopez Obrador is committed to working together hand-in-hand to hold China accountable for those precursor chemicals and to stop the flow of those chemicals into Mexico. Was this five-hour meeting enough to convince you that Mexico wants to work to end the crisis? No, I mean, none of it after what we've seen. It's not necessarily convincing, but it is encouraging. And that's the difference, is that to see leaders like Senator Sinema and um, and to see other senators that joined her at, from the Republican side of things go down there and have a conversation with the Mexican government and get commitments is a great thing. But are we going to see the results? These chemicals that are brought in by boat into Mexico that help create that drug that's brought into the U.S. We have work to do on our side of the border with the people that are trucking this across our country. There's no doubt that Americans have to pay a price for this. But we need help from our Mexican neighbors. And the commitment is encouraging. But in Until we see results after everything else that's gone on and the corruption that's in Mexico, we can't necessarily say it's enough to believe it. The Arizona House has opened an an ethics investigation into Representative Liz Harris regarding a guest that she invited that made unsubstantiated claims that some lawmakers were taking bribes from a drug cartel. Representative Harris responded to the investigation. Harris has issued a response to the ethics committee that said, in part, in today's society, the right to free speech is one of our most fundamental liberties. I brought forth a witness who had testimony to share without endorsing, confirming, or denying the allegations that were presented. Do you think she will be censured? I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I, Me guessing what the Arizona State Legislature is going to do is an impossibility. But I will tell you that on its face, nobody believes what she just said. What she just said is absurd. You have a right to speak. I, I don't agree with – not only do I not agree with what Representative Harris believes, which is fine. We can disagree. I don't believe in the way she's doing things. But if I, – and I can say that on the air all I want. I don't agree with her. I think she's wrong in the way she's handling it. I think she's wrong in what she believes. I can do that all day. But I can tell you this. If I came on this radio show and I said to you, you know what I found out? Uh, Representative Liz Harris is embezzling millions of dollars right now from a company she used to work for. Someone told me, or I bring a guest on that says, you know what? What's she talking about? She's been embezzling money for years. They would sue this radio station and they would sue me personally and they'd be right. An unsubstantiated accusation on a radio show is a bad thing to do. You let somebody do it in a legislative hearing. There's a big difference, and there's got to be some accountability. 
United States and Canada have reached an agreement on diverting asylum seekers. The U.S. and Canada are expected to announce today an agreement that will allow Canada to send more asylum seekers who cross America's northern border back to the U.S. The updated agreement will now include unofficial crossings. How do you see this impacting the southern border? Well, it, it, well, I think the, what we're seeing now is we're seeing the diverse uh, the diversification that when people are not crossing here, they're crossing there. This has got to be a more comprehensive problem. I think our, our approach, we need more people. It needs to be a bigger effort, and this is just another example of it. The time is ticking for the popular social media platform TikTok as, con- as a congressional hearing was held yesterday over growing concerns of national security and data harvesting. The company's CEO describes how U.S. data will be stored in the United States. We have legacy U.S. data sitting in our servers in Virginia and in Singapore. We're deleting those and we expect that to be complete this year. When that is done, all protected U.S. data will be under the protection of U.S. law and under the control of the U.S.-led security team. Is TikTok really that different from other social media platforms that employ the same tactics in tracking user data. I think the difference here could be the Chinese Communist Party. Do they have access to data that has serious implications in national security? That's the only question I have. I am someone that's a realist. I understand that when you download an app, when they have that huge I agree thing that you just check the box and say yes, and they say we want access to your pictures, we want access to your phone, we want access to your data, we want to know where you are, we're going to track where you're watching, we're going to do all this, and you just click yes, you've given them permission. So I see that this is happening everywhere. It's a different thing when the Chinese government is involved, if they're involved. I think that's what we need to get to the bottom of more than anything else. All right, good job, Julia. That's Did You Hear This for another week. We'll pick it up on Monday and do it all over again. Um, it's in, so, Julia, let me ask you this. Let me put you on the spot for a moment. Would you agree with me that my generation and your generation view the use of uh, platforms like Twitter and, and TikTok differently? Um, for me, it's purely entertainment. For, do you think your generation sees it more useful than that? A hundred percent. I mean, people use TikTok for marketing, for talking about social issues, for learning. I don't know. I've learned how to make food from TikTok. Like it's it's an entirely different thing or viewpoint. And when it comes to Twitter, do you use it as a news source, like going in for trending stories and then get links from there to go get news? I think I use TikTok as like a news aggregate. No, source. no, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you know, I follow reporters and I follow news organizations and when they post links to articles and I go to there. You know, I've been using Twitter for years. Never. I don't do that at all. I use it solely to argue with people and for the entertainment value. So I use Twitter. I create lists on Twitter yeah. where I, you know, I combine different things. I have a New York Jets list where I, you know, I aggregate all New York Jets reporters and I look to see, you know, what they're talking about. It's just kind of the same thing, I guess, news sourcing. You should show me how to use it. I might be better at my job if I did what you do. I just, I absolutely use it for the entertainment value, the dumb things people post and to fight with people that say mean things to me. That's the only reason I use Twitter. Don't get me wrong. I use it for that, too. But but. you have a more comprehensive approach. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, okay. We know who the adult, we know who the old person is on the show, but we also know who the adult is on the show. Oh, my God. And I'm not both. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks, Julia. All right, coming up in a moment, um, going back to the economy, this poll that finds a, a, a large number of adults, this is a Wall Street Journal poll, a large number of adults do not believe right now that their children will be better off financially than them. We'll get into the why next.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We'd like to hear from you. Text the word Al to 620-620 to thank Al in a message. We might play it on the air. That's Al to 620-620. So earlier, I told the story that it was 39 years ago today that the movie The Breakfast Club was set. It was a Saturday. Detention was March 24th of 1984 in the movie. And I think that The Breakfast Club is absolutely one of the classic movies of the 80s. Is the best 80s. 80s movie ever. On the other side of that coin, I am the typical 80s kid. I turned 18 in June of 1985. There is nobody more middle of the 80s than me. And on behalf of all 80s kids, I want to apologize for the movie Footloose. It was the most ridiculous movie I was ever made in the 80s. <laughs> what, oh, what, you love you love the movie Footloose? We have an we love Footloose. You love Footloose. What? You love Footloose. Yeah, me and Sonia, huge fans. Huge fans. Yeah. Oh. Well, we love you know jukebox musicals. So, like Sonia is our Sonia is our intern. Is our intern? Welcome to the show, Sonia. Good to be here, Mike. And you are a you're a fan of Footloose. Yes. The original. Yes. Kevin Bacon. Yes. Playing chicken on tractors. Absolutely. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> I have to love Footloose, Mike. <laughs> Teaching Sean Penn's brother how to dance in a barn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Christopher Penn, the late, sure. the late great Christopher Penn. Yeah. How can you not? Oh, I'm embarrassed. As an 80s, as a person where that movie came from, I'm from that generation. Every time this song plays, I apologize for the movie. That's how embarrassed I am about Footloose. <laughs> that's a lame take. I'm sorry. You know, hey, we got the nostalgia. That's what. I, well, I just want you to know it's because when I go home and I'm angry at the world, <laughs> I dance in my garage to release my frustration. I want you to know. I would love to see that sometime. <laughs> I really hope you do that. All right. All right. Thanks. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Trying to help the youth. We're just trying to help young people. Um, but uh, so anyway, uh, they love Footloose. I apologize for it on behalf of the 80s. Let's get back to a serious topic. And this is a poll that came out, Wall Street Journal poll. They took part in the poll. And um, they asked over. Oh, we've got breaking news. OK, let's get it over to Jeff for some breaking news. KTAR breaking news alert. Okay, now into the KTAR News Center. The Phoenix PD Twitter account is reporting, and we'll give you the statement as it reads. The Phoenix police officer involved in a violent and unprovoked attack this morning is being treated at a local hospital for a gunshot wound. Doctor's initial assessment is that the injuries are non-life-threatening. Earlier, our TV partners at ABC 15 had quoted several sources with that information. Now comes confirmation from the Phoenix Police Department that the wounds suffered by the Phoenix police officer are non-life-threatening. KTAR's Taylor Tassler remains at the scene. The suspect is still being searched for at this time, and we'll have more details on this breaking news story coming up in less than 10 minutes. Get breaking news notifications right to your phone by downloading the KTAR News app, and for more, go to KTAR.com. Thank you, Jeff. The important update, it it was something we've been talking about all morning long. Taylor Tassler, our reporter, is on scene at the command center. We're going to get more updates as the day goes 
on. Another reason to download the KTAR News app, but great news, at least now. We don't know the seriousness of the wounds, but we do know they're non-life-threatening. That is great news about this officer who was injured in a shooting earlier this morning at about 7th Avenue and Southern. So um, that is fantastic news and taking a deep breath. That at least we are not talking about something that was a deadly shooting. Um, and we'll get more information as the day goes on. Um, so I'll, I'm going to come back. I'll come back to this issue of the economy in a few moments. I, I, let me skip back to something we ta- we were talking about earlier. This question comes up on the show a lot whenever we talk about this topic, and it is what kind of a place do you want to live in? What kind of a city, what kind of a county, what kind of a state? Um, we ultimately, as citizens, we have the ability to elect the leadership and support them. It is – I do believe that more people should be voting. Absolutely. Without a doubt, more people should be engaged in the process. I think we'd be much better off if that happened. A lot of people that don't vote or don't vote because they don't believe they have an effect. My one vote's not going to matter. It's a rigged game. Both parties are the same. Everybody's a crook. I understand why you feel that way. But if everybody that felt like you said, you know what? To heck with it. I am going to vote. I'm tired of this already. You'd make a big difference. The reason why we continue to elect the exact same people that do the exact same things every two years, every four years, every six years in the Senate is because we don't have people like you engaged. That would be the message I would send if even if I didn't win an election if I was running for office. But there's more to it. It's about identifying who those quality con- uh, those quality um people running and candidates are and how you can help them get elected and learn more about them and how you can be engaged with the people that are elected on what you think are the important issues. This is a little hidden secret that I think more people need to know. If you don't know who represents you in the Arizona State Legislature, find out. You've got two representatives and one senator. And if you find out who that is and you reach out to them, there is a very, very, very good chance that that legislator themselves will reach back out to you. They are accessible and they'll listen. Uh, they may not agree. They may not do. You may not get the answer you want, but they do. They are accessible. Um, and I say that because I think when we when we look at this stuff, when we we, we think about what kind of a place we want to live in, uh, the Phoenix Police Department has been, and I don't want to turn a shooting political, but the Phoenix Police Department has been immensely understaffed for a long time. A long, long, long time. The fire department is suffering the same kind of losses as far as uh, response time and being able to serve the community that they're proud to serve in an, in an efficient and in, in a quick way. Um, and as citizens of Phoenix, it is upon us, I think, to make sure that city leadership doesn't only say public safety first, that they live public safety first. So when things like this happen, I don't jump to a political conclusion. I jump to the conclusion of asking myself what kind of a place um, – um how you – know, I jump to the place of what kind of place do we want to live in? Why are we allowing this to happen? Are we electing leaderships based on the priorities that we have in this world? Because if you look at the priorities sometimes in city leadership or county leadership or state leadership, what they want to accomplish and what they put up as a priority, even if you think it's an issue, but they want to live on that one issue. 
I, I, I just think we need to make some changes there. I want to get back to the survey. I think it's important. We'll finish with the economy. Um, and now that we've gotten the news, and there is going to be an update on the condition of the officer and the shooting that happened. But, you know, the news now that the Phoenix police are saying that it was non-life-threatening is a great thing. We'll get to all this stuff coming up here in just a couple of moments. I want to talk about the good people at Tombstone Tactical before we close this out. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, a big reminder, download the KTAR News app if you haven't already done it. It's a great app. It's the only news app that I use. It will notify you of big stories while they're happening. If it's in print, it'll redirect you to the website. If it's happening on the air, you can listen live from your device. It will keep you informed about the big news stories today. Please download it. The news story today is, of course, unfortunately, Phoenix police officer shot in the line of duty. Good news is we know that the doctors are now saying it's non-life threatening. That doesn't mean it's not serious. We don't know the seriousness, but thank God not life threatening. Um, we'll have more details on suspect and on what happened as the day and the information comes out. So lock it here. Um, and I'm going to be trying to cover this all. I'll be covering this all afternoon too. Um, before we finish this, this poll numbers about this question at, where they're asking over a thousand adults Asking them, um, do you believe your children will be better off? And it's interesting that they say no. This is a sad state of affairs when you have the majority of adults are saying most Americans doubt their children will be better off, according to a Wall Street Journal NORC poll. Um, over a 1,000 people, 1,019 adults. This was before the uh, Silicon Valley Bank crash. And they still had this feeling. So I want to read, I guess, finish off by asking a question that just to think about um, what are we doing to make things better for our kids um, when we leave it? It, it? We all do it, I think, instinctively. We do it with our personal life. We hope that we can leave something to our kids. Many of us try to start when they're young and put money aside for their college if we have that ability to do that. So there's a college fund. So maybe you are saddled with student loan debt, but you want to try to make sure your kids aren't. Whatever that stuff is, you want to make it better for your individual children. And you should. Um, if you own a business, you own a family business, and you think someday my kids are going to take over this business, and I want them to have a healthy business when they take it over. It's exactly what your primary job is. But for all of us, if we think about this as a community, I've got grandkids. Now, I'm not responsible for their immediate care. My girls are. And um, but I do think about the world we're leaving them. You know, I'm closer to the end of the am the beginning. I'm fifth, almost 56, so I'm starting to think about legacy a lot more every day than I did in the past. And I wonder, is it about, you know, and it's not for me. It never has been. But how many of us, it's not just about getting through life. It's not about getting through life and with a lot of success. I think success is fantastic because I think wealth follows success. I think rich people many times, not always, not, it's not, there's no absolute to everyone. Successful people, if you follow what they do, they wanted to be or they are good at something. And it made them want to be great at something. And people that are great at something, generally speaking, wealth follows. You can be a good singer. You can be a good musician and you could have a great life and have fun and play clubs or maybe play coffee shops on the weekends and enjoy yourself and sing and jump on stage. It's not going to make you wealthy. If you're great, if you're a great singer, wealth usually follows. Ask
athletes, whatever it is. You maybe you're a good athlete, playing a playing a league, a hockey league, or playing a basketball league. When you're great, you make a lot of money doing it. Whether you, it's not your goal, but you're great at something. But the more you think about what are we doing collectively, and that's the part of it for me, is I'm not looking for buildings to be named after me. I'm not looking for awards. But I want to know that I'm impacting the people around me. You know, I've got nieces and a nephew that are just now kind of coming into their own. Uh, Both of my nieces have graduated from high school. One's in college. One is working. My nephew's a freshman in high school. I've got kids that are grown that are in the prime of their lives. They've got kids that are just coming up through the school system. What are we doing to set them up for success. They're going to make their own choices. They're going to do what they're going to do. But do you think at the end of this ride, when you get closer to the end of the ride for yourself, you look back at your work life and you can look back at your financial situation and say, I've done better than I thought I would do fine. When we look back as a collective, this generation, and we look back at we've turned leadership over, there's younger leaders, we're calling people that are now Congress people kids because we're that old, and we're looking at the leadership here locally, the people that are on the city council, And what we've done for the community we live in, is it better off for them than it was when we started? I think it's the same question. And and I don't know that there are enough people out there that ponder that question and want to make sure that the answer is yes. And I think we should. You know, it's one of the reasons why I'm a small government person. I don't think government's the answer to a lot of our problems. I think that most of the time they are the problem. I would like to see a smaller, more efficient government that allows people to do what they do best. But am I doing anything about it other than griping about it on the radio? The homeless problem, am I trying to be effective in that area? And I just want to commit to doing a better job about it. These polls are interesting. But what does it say in the bigger community picture? I think it's a valid question. I hope you got a great weekend planned. I've got some cool stuff going on this weekend. And I hope you do, too. Prayers for this Phoenix officer. Keep it locked here for updates. I'm sure you're going to get one here in the news in a moment about a Phoenix police officer shot in the line of duty, non-life-threatening injuries, but more details to come. Social media users, at Broomhead KTAR is where you find me personally on Twitter. At Broomhead Show is the show page. And then Mike Broomhead, all one word, on Instagram. We will be back on Monday morning at just after 8. Until then, have a great weekend, everyone. God bless.